Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. This is your co-host, not Joe Marino. No, no, Kyle Krabs and Chris Schubert on the pod today. Mr. Marino is leaving on a jet plane. He's going to Buffalo for this weekend's contest between the Bills and Panthers. So we wish him happy travels. We will miss him dearly, but Chris and I are holding down the fort here on Draft Dudes, uh, brought to you by our friends at Believe. Uh, So, Chris, happy Friday free-for-all to you. How goes it? It goes well. It is a Friday. We made it through another week, and mm-hmm. we did the bowl special last night uh, on we the did. Draft Network YouTube channel. You, you you might be a little late for today's games, but if you want the guys' insight and their confidence picks on all the other games, because maybe you want to wager some money on Bet Online, nailed it. You can do so. You can go nailed over it. to the Draft Network YouTube channel. You can do that, and then when you're done, when you've watched through that, you go over to BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V five zero, and you're going to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So you can bet on all the bowl games. You can bet on the NFL action this Sunday. You can bet on the NHL, NBA, UFC, all of the college sports that are going on as well. So head on over line, betonline.ag, promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, 50% welcome bonus. Kyle, we have a great Thursday night football game last night to talk about. You have already been spoiled for Spider-Man. So yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing, doing better than you in that regard on a Friday. It's tough. Our job requires us to be looking at social media. So I'm just dodging things. All weekend long because I'm waiting for some friends to get back from a vacation because we're all going together. So I said, listen, I'll I'll take one for the team. I'll avoid some spoilers, but it's not going very well. Yeah, so I got on Twitter this morning, and obviously there's much to do about the uh, the analytics-driven decision to go for fourth down a whole bunch of times. And I've muted a bunch of words like on social for like, I don't want to see tweets that have the word Spider-Man in it, for example, or no way home because I would like to go see the film and not see the film compartmentalized in 15 second segments on social media and then have to jigsaw it together and, and I'll know the plot before I even step foot in the theater. I got on this morning and somebody I know personally that I follow because I know them personally. All the tweet said was my favorite part of the movie and a 20 second clip of this part Come of the on, film. man. There's like, just, what is wrong with you? There's social media etiquette that you just have to follow when these big movies come out. And by the way, I'm so glad Joe's not here so that you and I can geek out over this and he's just not right. sitting here confused at the two of us. But I'm just so frustrated because, listen, there's a grace period. I think the first week a movie's out, you just just behave. Just mm-hmm. don't tweet anything about Keep it. it to yourself. You, you want to talk to your friends offline or, or in Twitter DMs or Instagram DMs or in, or in group threads? I think that's fair game. But you put something in the public Twitter sphere, man, I think there's a weak grace period. Now, if a movie was from five years ago or you want to spoil Game of Thrones for me, go right ahead. That, that's right. on me. At yeah, that's, on, that's, but, that's your fault at this point. But, man, I, I'm, 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 I'm avoiding – when are you going to go see it? How much longer do you have to avoid stuff? Uh, I'm hoping to go first showing tomorrow. Okay, so th- so you don't you only have to get through one more day and then you're good, right? Okay, and right. It, you know what? If we get to the Sunday slate of games, uh, 
I'm expecting to have it spoiled by that point anyway. I have to have realistic expectations for having to live on social, and that's fine. I'm totally so you cool mentioned you mentioned the reason why part of the movie got spoiled for you. We should probably talk about Thursday Night Football. Fun game last night. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. One, one more thing. One more thing. You talked about at the um, the top of the show. You you talked about the bowl pick'em. I did. Yeah. I feel real good with that Michigan State pick over Pitt right now. Now that Kenny Pickett announced he's sitting out the bowl game. Yeah, no bing no, bong. No Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, but I think if, yeah, if you're I'm comparing okay the two, I think that's a win for you. I think that's a win. Yes. Kenny Pickett not playing for Pitt, I think, is a good is a good pick for you uh, in that game. And yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that, right? You're going to see a lot of guys start to opt out of these bowl games. Um, and so that's what kind of puts you guys under the under the microscope, under pressure, making these picks before knowing who was going to opt out, right? Uh, if those decisions were going to be made, but it's because it be we we aired the show last night at seven Eastern. Yep. But we recorded the day before. So it was kind of fun to see. Yeah. It was kind of fun to see like, Oh, okay. Like, like the opt outs have already kind of tipped the scale one way or another here on a couple of these picks that Joe, cause we were generally, I was surprised how lock and key we were for, for most of it. We, we yeah. were stride for stride for a lot of the picks. Yeah. You guys Probably had similar have, picks. The confidence wagers were a little different, right? So you, some of you, there were games that you were a little bit more confident because they were teams that you know. Joe started out strong using a lot of his big numbers in the early going for whatever reason. Um, so there was the, you guys were in lockstep with picks. It was just your confidence, and that's obviously what it comes down to, right? Is hitting on those big time 42, 43 point games. So it'll be fascinating to see uh, how you guys do, and we'll keep track of it throughout the bowl season. First game today. First game. Yes. By the time people are listening to this, the first game will have been played. Liberty. Can't wait. Uh, so yeah, Thursday night football was played, and um, Chiefs hard to kill, aren't they? Yes, I mean, they we are. were so so ready to bury them for dead, and oh well, you know they they've fallen off the pace, and the defense is no good, and blah blah blah, and now they're on a, a big time heater. They're going to go into the rest of the weekend with a half game lead on a couple other teams in the AFC for first the first place seed. Um, the Chargers had them exactly where you want them. Scored a touchdown with two and a half minutes left in this football game to go up 28 to 21. And uh, no, it was 20 to, yeah, 20 to 21. They can see got the two point conversion earlier. Um, Travis Kelsey's an alien. Uh, but of course, the big storyline coming out of this is Brandon Staley five times going forward on fourth down. Uh, and they went one of five on fourth downs, I believe, as a result. And they, they opted on passing on a lot of field goals and they left points on the field. And obviously, when you go to overtime, those decisions get amplified. Uh, but kind of curious, Chris, obviously, there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions where you just kind of at a your own personal opinion stood on the approach from the Chargers. So I'm going to make an analogy to another sport. And it's an analogy that I, I think is going to be a little controversial because I know the decision at the time bothered a lot of people. But do you remember in the World Series last year, not the, the one that we just played, but the not the one the Braves won. I know. Congratulations to your Braves, Kyle. Uh, the the one a year ago. The Dodgers. The one in which the Rays lost, right? Yes. Yes. Do you remember in the game in which Blake Snell was taken out of the he deciding had, game? He, he, right? Didn't he have a perfect 
game, so it was no hitter, whatever. It was five scoreless innings. He was pitching particularly well. But up until that point in the season, Blake Snell had not been asked to go longer than five innings in a game all that much during that season. And it was a shortened season to begin with. And a lot of people criticized that decision because the Rays obviously gave up the lead. They lost the game. They lost the World Series. You go down with your best guy on the mound. What is Kevin Cash doing? And the point that I made at the time was that philosophy of we're going to take Blake Snell out of this game, we're going to go to our bullpen that we believe in, was the philosophy that got the Rays to the World Series. So asking the manager to change completely what he has done that has gotten his team to a point where they are a couple games away from a championship felt foolish to me. And the analogy that I'll make here is the Chargers entered that game last night. What were they, 8-5 and five going into that football game last night? They are an 8-5 and five football team as a byproduct of Brandon Staley's aggressiveness on fourth down. And so to ask him because the result didn't go the way the Chargers wanted it to and to play ultimate Monday morning quarterback in hindsight, to criticize that decision I think is foolish because that would be completely changing the way Brandon Staley is as a coach. So I have no problem with him going for it. I have the statistic in front of me, Kyle. The Chargers are the first team to fail twice on fourth and goal in a first half since the Chargers did it on December 16th all the way back in 1984 against the Chiefs. The same team, the same day, just – 37 years ago. So I get it, and I know all the statistics, and I know what what we look at here, and we see that they lost the game, and they didn't get to touch the ball in overtime, and if you kick one of those field goals, you win. But guess what? The Chargers had the ball with a minute to go and two timeouts after the Chiefs tied the game. They could have won it right there. They didn't need those field goals that everybody right. talked about. They had the ball with a chance to win. Now, I think the biggest thing that you can take away from this football game is what a fun football game. And we, again, don't get to see a team touch the ball in overtime. Like, can we can we please stop with this? Can we change this rule? Can we let both teams touch the ball? Please. Uh, I agree with everything you said until the last bit. Because the Chargers didn't, like you said, they didn't need to have a rebuttal in overtime because they had last possession right. in regulation. And they kind of made their bet and they laid with it with their decision-making process. And, you know, they won two games this year with that aggressive play on fourth down. They beat the Chiefs earlier this season, and I believe it was the Browns in the first month of the season. Those were two games that they their wins were greatly aided by Brandon Staley's uh, aggressive approach on fourth down. And I think the, the one that made me kind of chuckle the most was somebody on the timeline had said something along the lines of, man, like, after you go 0 for 2, like, you should probably just stop trying and just start taking the points. And it's like, that's even worse. Because it's like, yeah, we we actively surrendered six points and now are going to stop trying to make up the deficit and now start settling for points, which is going to mean that we completely punted, just gave six points away. No offense to the Chargers special teams units, but Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and the skill position players on the Chargers are their best players. I'm going down with my best players. Right, and I know I talked about this earlier. With you, you don't go down you, that the Rays didn't go down with their best player, but that was their philosophy, and their philosophy was even though these are our best players, we have a strategy that has gotten us to this point. And Brandon Staley's strategy is that has gotten him to this point is we leave our players on the field. So once you commit to your philosophy as a coach or as a manager, it is it is 
I, I think, ridiculous to question that philosophy when it doesn't work, when it's the exact reason the Chargers are in the position that they're in. It's the exact reason why that game on Thursday night was such a big deal and why the AFC West was in the balance because a win in that football game for the Chargers completely changes that division. They have the same record. The Chargers have the victory over the Chiefs. It changes the entire narrative. Why? In large part because of the aggressiveness Brandon Staley had. Do you remember the game that got blown out earlier in the season in the against the Ravens? Do you remember that game? Yes. He was going for it inside of his own 30 when they were down in the first half by like two scores. He was going for it. I don't remember the criticism being levied then. Trying Again, to give your team hindsight. the best chance to win the football game. Right. And in that moment, the best chance to, to, to for my team to win the football game is I'm going to put seven points on the board. I'm going to try to well, go for it and get in the end zone. And, and by and the way, if Joshua Kelly doesn't fumble the football, we're not having this conversation. How about if Jared Cook catches a ball that was maybe a little high in behind, but very easily could have been. And let's not also forget, like, Kansas City turned it over on downs inside the five-yard line too. So it, it swings both ways, you know? And, and there were, on the opening possession alone, two, if not three, of those throws that Justin Herbert threw on that initial possession that was a turnover after the big kickoff return could have very easily been touchdowns. So it's like the plays were there. You guys just didn't execute, and it's no different than you get to any other game and the losing team says, yeah, you know, we didn't execute the way we needed to to win the football game. It's just much more transparent because it's amplified. But how many times do you play a team like the Chiefs and you're the other team and you kick a field goal to start the game and the commentators say, can't settle for field goals against this team. You got you to gotta get seven. So don't criticize them when they try and get seven. Right. It, it, such a great point by you, Kyle. And I know they're maybe not the juggernaut they were a couple years ago, although they're starting to ramp back up. But that is talked about all the time. It's like in, in the playoff game, field goal, Tony Romo, ah, you, you, you can't be kicking field goals against this team because they're going to go right down and score seven and you're, you're going to be down already. And it's like, okay, well then, then what do you want the coach to do? Because you're going to criticize him if he sends the field goal unit on the field. And if he keeps the offense on the field and doesn't get it, because that's the only scenario in which he's going to get criticized. Because if he gets it, there's no criticism. Oh, what a right. gutsy what a gutsy call by the coach to put his team back out there. If right. they go out there and they don't get it, it's, oh, how do you leave three points on the board? Well, okay, so, so guess what? And this is what coaches do. He's not going to listen to the criticism from the media. He's going to do what he thinks puts his team in the best position to win the football game. And – Putting Justin Herbert back on the field is more often than not, for Brandon Staley, the option that he goes with. Yeah, and it, it, that's – I guarantee if you continue to do it that way, you will win more games than you lose. Now, you can get into the game script, and you can get into the the unique leverage of this game and, and what's at stake, and you know, with the benefit of hindsight and understanding that the game did go to overtime, yeah, of course. You'd probably go back if you knew how the story was going to end you'd go back and, and undo what you did. But this this is the DNA of who this team is, and they've got enough playmakers that the, this will work out in their favor more often than it does not, especially because almost nobody else is doing it to this level of consistency. And I'd also add that the the way the criticism is levied against Staley does not allow for nuance. Because you brought up a point of, there are a couple of plays that were good plays, they weren't executed well. If you have a play caller who's calling a halfback draw on fourth and two, okay, that's a different type of criticism than the criticism that's being levied against the Chargers, which is you just didn't convert the fourth down, which I think is ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous notion. You want to criticize the play call? That's one thing. But I don't think anybody – that's the criticism that's being 
sought out today, right? I don't think that's right. what we're talking about. We're talking about, oh, they just didn't get it, and if they would have kicked a field goal instead, they would have won the football game. Well, you talk about game script, Kyle. That changes the entire play calling for Bienemy and Reed on the other side of the field. So yep. you can't play this game of, oh, if you just would have done this one thing differently, you win the football game. It doesn't work. that Sports don't work that way. That's not how this works because now you kick a field goal, the score's different. That changes what plays the enemy is going to call. That's going to that's going to change the approach for Andy Reid and the Chiefs. And who knows what happens at that point? Right. Let me ask you a question. Um, how do you think Pat Mahomes played? That is the that is the quietest three hundred plus yard passing game I've seen in a pretty long time. <laughs> well, to. Let's give his guys some credit. They they did a lot of work for him after the catch, right? That's why it was quiet, right? He's not yeah. slinging it down the field, right? Um, and Pat's been Pat's been perfectly fine, but I think it's, it is an interesting storyline where you saw how he came out like gangbusters with five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns his first year as a starting quarterback, and then you look at uh, Josh Allen with the Bills last year and the the high crescendo that he had, and his statistics are perfectly fine. Um, but I think seeing those guys this season have performances that are great by NFL standards, but not to the high bar standards that they have respectively set for their individual careers is just a testament that year over year, it's all, do you get the bounce of the ball? Are you in a rhythm all year long? Are you able to stay healthy? You know, and obviously right now, Josh Allen's dealing with, I think, a foot sprain, but it sounds like he's going to go on Sunday against Carolina. And but just kind of watching Pat, it was kind of like, yeah, man, like he's almost regressed into his scouting report a little bit because he's he's really wild a lot of times. And that's can be for better or for worse. Down the stretch, you saw him come up major clutch, make a couple throws, getting outside the pocket, rolling to his right and finding guys and hitting throws. Uh, but a lot of that game was was like hard to come by. And it, it's kind of like, yeah, Superman can bleed a little bit here. And uh, I think we're seeing that this season with Pat. It was not a dull uh, Thursday night football game. And you can oh, say goodbye to dull gifts as well with Lightbox lab-grown diamonds, the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds at a light price. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds but are just grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Priced so that they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Kyle, we spent the whole show talking about Thursday night football. I'm okay with this, but is there anything else that you want to get to here on the Friday free fall? Um, I am interested to see what the conversion rate for guys testing out of COVID protocols is going to look like with the the amended, because this this is obviously a big shift. Right, mm-hmm. that 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 the protocols have changed. Teams are going to get much more uh, back to to twenty twenty protocols as far as preventative measures. But kind of, it seemed like the NFL and the NFLPA had to kind of address like guys were getting put into protocols, and then because of the standards that were set last year, versus I suppose it's because of the new variant that's going around uh, that that's more transmissible. Um, they weren't testing out like at all, like you were meeting your entire mandatory 10 day quarantine. And you, I think 
this week's kind of been a big eye opener for, you know, can't keep doing what we've been doing all season now that, that the, the temperatures are changing, but uh, be interested to see how, especially this weekend, because these changes were effective immediately. Like how many of these hundred plus players that got put on the list, like are able to do what so many couldn't in previous weeks from a percentage perspective. Well, we know Baker Mayfield extremely critical of the way that the process has gone yes. out. He, he's done so on Twitter. Um, the Washington football team has the most players of any team right now on the COVID list. They have 23. It's it's in the 20s, but their starting quarterback this Sunday appears to be Kyle Shermer, and the backup is going to be Garrett Gilbert. Like that's what their quarterback situation is because of the because of guys either testing or being close contacts. So it, the, the league definitely needed to step in and do something. I heard a report that the, that the Players Association was trying to push for, we need to take a week off. Mm-hmm. The league was never going to go for that. that. That was just never going to fly because I don't know, not a scientist, not pretending to be one on this podcast, I don't know if a week off helps you, right? Does a week off, is, is just taking one week off enough to clear this backlog of positive cases because of potentially the holidays or whatever the case may be does it allow you to clear through that i don't know and i I think the nfl they got better scientists on this than than i am pretending to be on the show the people that they talked to probably said no that's probably not going to help and so they this is what they ended up doing now i will tell you this kyle the testing out procedures are still rigorous you have to have two different kinds of tests i read through it yesterday so it's still difficult to test back into playing but, but it sounds like the threshold, the, and it sounds like the threshold is lower uh, for whatever that number is that's associated with the test. Yeah, because I guess that 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 has to do with in, with yeah. transmissibility and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, this is um, it's nice that we got to week fifteen before this really became a chaotic situation where you know you you have to juggle the morality of playing games with the comfort of the players and the health and the safety of the players. And um, here's hoping everybody's fine and we can kind of get through this last three week stretch before the postseason. And uh, the changes that are put in place are going to help stabilize this situation. Cause it was pretty jarring throughout the course of the week that like, boom, 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 guys, every 15 minutes all day long for the entire week. Oh yeah, starting quarterback here. Oh yeah, star pass rusher here. Oh yeah, running back here. And it's like, man, like it's everybody's getting smacked with it. So yeah, it's it's everybody, and they're all trying to figure out how they're going to deal with it. Also, we got Saturday football this week. Three Saturday yes, games. Yes, we got to enjoy three, as well. Three correct. So, three, three correct. Uh, bowl season starts today, so a lot of football in our futures. Uh, football, I think, every day of the week for like the rest of the year. I cannot wait. We hope you guys enjoy the football this weekend. There, as Chris said, is plenty to go around. So plan accordingly. Make sure you hit subscribe. Come back. See us again next week. I'm assuming Joe will be back on Monday. We don't know for sure. But even if he's not, we're going to have you covered here on Draft Dudes. Kyle Krabs, Chris Schubert, and the ghost of Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.